Talk Talk CS, Season 4, Episode 13. We've had a few episodes in between here, some fast casts, some fantasy wires, but today's all about the trade deadline for us. Steve-O. Well, hello everyone. Chive's big episode on the docket today. We're going to be talking about a lot of teams. We are vastly approaching this trade deadline. So let's get into it. Let's talk some puck. Very exciting here today. Very exciting, Steve-O. We're going to go in alphabetical order. There's a few teams that we're leaving off just so that we can make some video content for you guys. And we also have a collaboration potentially for the Montreal Canadiens. So there's six teams that won't be on this list. But to start things off, the Anaheim Ducks. Steve-O, what's your thoughts? We're going quick with these. Going quick and in alphabetical order. Minus, like Chive said, a few teams. Check the website and the Instagram if you want those teams. But first up, Chives, the Ducks. They really did take a big step step uh, down this year. They were off to a hot start at the midway point during our mid, mid-year coverage. They were looking pretty good, but these last few weeks, they really fell off the rails here. And honestly, they're still outnumbered and have a long shot for this cup. And for me, they're almost certainly going to be sellers, and we saw that with Manson being moved. They have a few more free agents at the end of this year. You know, most notably, I think, Ricard Raquel is going to be the big one. They also have uh, another... A few amount of players that that have big salary cap hits uh, hits that they might want to dump here. So, what do you think here for the Ducks? Yeah, they had a good run. Time to sell. We saw Josh Manson go, added bolstered Colorado. But for the Ducks, they get a good prospect in Hellenson and a pick futures. That's all you want. You want futures to build around Trevor Zegers, Jamie Drysdale, and you still have John Gibson in his prime. So, Lindholm I think is next, and I think Ricard Raquel is also on that list. He's one of the bigger fish in the the off. Uh, Prior to this trade deadline, not the offseason, prior to this trade deadline, I would say Lindholm and Raquel are two of the top names on that list. Sell them for futures. I 100% agree with you. Lindholm can definitely chip in offensively. He can move the puck. He's strong on his own end. He's just overall a very well-rounded player. And I think um, Raquel is the other one that seems a lock to get moved for me. He would provide great middle six depth forward. And I also think... For a team, you know, we'll talk about teams that could add him later, but, you know, teams that need to add a scoring winger to their lineup, they have a deep pool of prospects, so moving him would not be a problem. Steve-O, Arizona Coyotes, they had a few recent happy storylines going on. Phil Kessel gave birth, well, he didn't give birth, his wife gave birth to a child. (laughs) They had eight and nine goal games last week. We saw them tearing it up offensively. Lawson Krause with a hat trick with three different types of goals. These are players, though, that what, what are they really playing for? They're just playing to make something of the season. So I see the Arizona Coyotes as major sellers. They need as many futures as they can get as they're going to be playing in a college stadium for the next three years. Dumpster of a franchise right now, but I say they sell. Yeah, I mean, listen, you can only go up from here. Listen, Coyotes might be giving birth to Phil Kessel onto a new team. I mean, at this point, it's almost <laughs> a yeah. lock for him to get traded at the deadline. What motivation is there for the Coyotes to not trade him at this point? I mean, the team has the worst uh, or one of the worst records in the league, and they are just a dumpster of a franchise. So this team clearly needs to rebuild. Kessel is 34 years old, and he has no long-term future with this team. It's obvious that the Coyotes at this point are sellers. And also, we move in to Jacob Trickery now. We talked about him a lot. Oh, yeah, that's right. But he's injured now, which I think really really hurts his chances here a lot of teams might back out he is 
out two to four weeks, and this is really a worst-case scenario for the Coyotes. Especially with, like you're saying, I love that you brought this up because there's so many other defensemen on the market right now that you could say, well, we, we need him for a playoff run. We could look at John Klingberg. We can look at some other defensemen on the market like we just brought up with Hampus Lindholm. So Josh Manson already went to Colorado. So I think, uh, as you mentioned, that, that hurts their chances of acquiring maybe a first-rounder, maybe a first and a second or a prospect. Yeah. Uh, so... Listen, this top half of this alphabetical order list is really rough in the NHL. We're skipping over the Bruins. So please, if you're if you're going to listen to this episode, we're going to come out with more content, a longer piece on the Bruins because we think there's we have both have a lot of thoughts on the Bruins. We're going to move to the Buffalo Sabres, Steve. Where do you think they're at? The well, Sabres are an interesting team at this point right now in the season. Obviously, they're not going to be buyers. They're going to be more of sellers. But they have a lot of young talent down in the AHL, and I think trading away uh, experience for more youth will definitely help this team out. They're thriving. They have a lot of young players, and I think if they could trade away some of these these older players, older veteran players, listen, this 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 trade deadline is very big on goaltending. There's a lot of teams that need goaltending, so Craig Anderson has definitely argu- arguably been one of the team's best players when he's healthy and he's starting and he's in net. So I think there's plenty of teams that could use a goalie upgrade, and the Sabres, again, have a lot of young talent, especially in net, that's rising up. So losing Craig Anderson really doesn't lose anything. They also could just throw Dustin Tatarski in there for the rest of the season. That's not a problem. I have a little bit of a different take. I think Craig Anderson's been servicing the team well. I think in order to compete, they do need to give some starts to their younger talent, so I agree with you on that. Uh, in terms of selling or buying, they're in a weird limbo because I can't see them selling their uh, blue chip prospects or players. Like There's some staples that they're going to keep growing, but there's a lot of free agents on this team, a lot of UFAs that I could see becoming depth forwards for other teams and a Vinny Hinnestroza type of a player. Uh, on the Buffalo Sabres currently. So I think they have a lot of UFAs. They're not going to sign all of them, so I could see them going to other teams. But none of them are so notable that they make that trade deadline list. I don't think there's Buffalo Sabres that are cracking the top 10 on a trade bait list this season, but they could add to a few teams if teams are shopping in their aisle. So, Steve-O, any other thoughts on the Sabres? Yeah, listen, I just think they need to get younger. They have a lot of young players, like I said, that are rising up. If they could snag some draft capital here, get in some more prospects, trade some of these uh, older veteran experienced players away, there would be a win for the Sabres. But again, this is really not their trade deadline. They really don't have anything to, to gain or lose here. Yeah, you know, like Colin Miller can serve as a third-pairing defenseman on a team that really needs it. We'll get into some of the other teams. Like, I think the Capitals needed a bottom-tier defenseman or a, a third-pairing defenseman, right? Colin Miller could be that guy, and they could fetch maybe a second and a third-rounder for him. So, like you're saying, futures for Buffalo uh, in Buffalo. Now, the next team on the list is the Calgary Flames. They are red hot for their namesake. steve what do you think they do? They can't be any more than what you just described. They are red hot, and I also think that they are set. They went out and they got their guy, Tyler Toffoli. You don't want to go out there and mess up the chemistry. chemistry. If anything, they will be buyers, but I think that they're set. I think they stay calm after the Toffoli trade. They do have a little bit of cap space to work with. They don't really have that much to navigate but they got out, they got uh, they got their guy. If anything, they could go out and maybe get some depth on this defense here. Uh, you know, I think maybe uh, uh, they could look to the Vancouver Canucks. They have a lot of defense from there. Um, specifically, I like Luke uh, Shen. He's 
having a great year and he also will come at a very cheap price so if anything they could look there but honestly i think this team is set and they really don't again they can only mess up with with moving guys around and, and, and breaking the chemistry at this point yeah the flames they already made their splash i 100 percent agree for tofoli recorded eight goals five assists in 14 games played thus far as a flame like you said, a depth defender, a Luke Shen, would really solidify that defense. And he I think would. maybe a third-line center would serve this team potentially. But their lineup, they have one of the deeper lineups in the entire league. As you said, I wouldn't mess up that chemistry if I was in Calgary in their front office. Now, the next team is another absolutely loaded team. Steven, I can't give enough praise to the Carolina <laughs> Hurricanes. What do you think they do at the deadline? Now, listen... When you look at it on the surface, there's nothing not to like about the Carolina Hurricanes. And when you dig deeper, the same really holds the truth. But again, Carolina is still human, uh, as they could lose to any opponent on every, any given night. However, the Canes have been so consistent and so complete. So again, they're another team. They're very limited on cap space. I don't think they have to go out and make any move at this point. Uh, uh, given that they don't have a lot to work with in, in cap space-wise... But, if anything, they could use a little defensive help here. But they're definitely not in the running for a big fish or a big move here. Yeah, don't have a first-round pick for 2022. So where do you trade that to? You can't. And they don't have cap space. But a three-way trade, this is my big call for Carolina. If they're going to make a big Ooh. splash, they're going to do a three-way trade. Offload some of the cap space that they have that they don't have. They're going to have to move some capital in order to gain some cap space. And I think that's where they can make a move is if they work a three-way trade. They just reported that they signed Jesperi Kakaniemi, which they can't actually announce until after the trade deadline, but they announced that he will be signed to a major contract extension. So that will further put them in a, a little bit of a cap crunch come the offseason. But for the trade deadline, can't see them doing much. Next team on the list, Chicago Blackhawks. They've been a story this season for all the wrong reasons. We just <laughs> saw the other night that Brinkat and Patrick Kane were getting into it on the ice. So what do you think they do? They're a really interesting team here, Chops. Obviously... I mean, I can't say they're buyers. They're most definitely going to be sellers. But they're a team there where they could just stay neutral and wait this out. You know, Marc-Andre Fleury would have really down in a bad year. He's another one that has a lot of trade talks surrounding him. I mean, you could easily get a first-round pick or a first-round-level prospect for him. But, I mean, I don't think this would work because the only problem is, is that Fleury does have a no-trade clause that does allow him to pick 10 teams that he would agree to be traded to. So I don't see a trade. Everyone's big on Mark Andre Fleury getting traded. I don't think he also has a, a, a written a, a agreement in there, which I don't think this is going to ha uh, happen. Patrick Kane too is is heavily rised up in a lot of the a lot of uh, uh, recently in a lot of these trade rumors. I don't think Patrick Kane's going to. Um, if the Blackhawks are going to get rid of somebody, I do think that Calvin DeHaan is a defenseman. I talked about him in the Fantasy Wire. He is a quality defenseman that will add depth because a lot of these teams could use a guy like Calvin DeHaan. So I also think a guy like uh, Dominic Kubalak, a nice season for him. He kind of doesn't really fit into Chicago's future plans, so he could also be a guy that gets moved as well. Yeah, so most likely trading Kubalik, Dylan Strom, Ryan Carpenter, and Calvin DeHaan. Those are the guys on my list that I said they'll probably be out, which is kind of crazy because the Brinkett, Panarin, now Kubalik, all these Calder uh, favorites that came out of Chicago the last few seasons are going to be traded. That's a tough look. Patrick Kane, I think, will be for the offseason. We'll see, though, what happens with a veteran like Kane. 
big contract to pick up if you're another team. Ten and a half million. It is. And Mark Andre Fleury, man, that's a big piece for teams that may need a tendy. But what were your thoughts on Kane and, and Fleury? Yeah, I don't think Kane and Fleury are going anywhere. I do want to bring up Dylan uh, Strom as well. Uh, he's also had surprisingly a pretty decent season. Uh, you know, a lot of people think he could be moved. I don't think they will move him. He's had a nice season. I do think he has a str- uh, a bright future ahead. The best is yet to come for him. So I I would expect him to stay with the Blackhawks as well. All right, we're moving on to Cup favorite Colorado Avalanche. I have a few thoughts on them. My take. Veterans. We saw the Chicago Blackhawks team in 2015. The Tampa Bay Lightning teams in the last two seasons add veteran grit and some brand. We saw Pat Maroon come over for that second cup. He's a brand name, a guy that you know exactly what you're getting for a cheap price. So names like an Antoine Vermetti we saw, Pat Maroon, Barkley Goodrow, it's all in this era. If they aren't moving Newhook or Byram, which we saw they aren't going to move them, even though Byram's injured right now, with Landis Cog on long, with a long-term injury, we'll see if they move him to LTIR to uh, maximize their cap capabilities, like we saw with Vegas with Mark Stone. Could they mean that? Uh, could this mean that they go for a veteran? I think they'll go for veteran presence. We just saw they went for Josh Manson, who has some years in the NHL. Uh, but what do you think they do, Steve-O? Oh, one hundred percent. I one hundred percent agree with you. This. The Avalanche, I think, are in a really good position here, and anything they do at the trade line can only help them. They're obviously 100% buyers, but building an elite team does not come cheap. They're gonna have to. They have an empty cupboard of uh, uh, of draft picks. So, essentially, coming up in this 2022 draft, they only have four picks, Chives. So they do again. Building a team does not come cheap. So obviously, this is the Avalanche's window coming up here. Uh, this season, and arguably next season as well, but they do have a lot of injuries to make up for. They do need a bottom six forward. Obviously, they, I think Claude Giroux would be definitely the top name here for the Avalanche. Uh, I mean, he's been heavily rumored, and I think that he would be a lock for them in the cup. Yeah, if he's going to waive his no-move clause, he'll probably move it for a cup the cup contender in Colorado Avalanche, right? Of course, and I think also adding Giroux adds another layer layer to this. You would also you can move uh, uh, Nishkinen down into a bottom six role, which would really stack the Avalanche here uh, in terms of their depth. And of course, I think their defense as well. Uh, their defense, I think, some of their their young defensive cores kind of struggled uh, behind some of their top dogs. I think injuries has also kind of took a, a dive here in their defense, um, which is why they went out and they got Manson, which really helped. Um, I mean, you can never go wrong with defense, but again, I th- really think that they're going to go for a forward here. All right, Columbus Blue Jackets, I don't have too many notes on them. I think the top, se- they'll sell, but they'll sell Domi and Corpusalo, and I don't really see where else they go from here. I think this is a team that needs to be fixed in the off season. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And again, the Blue Jackets are a team where they've just had an average season. You know, I really, this is not their trade deadline. Uh, They're just a really, uh, I think they're going to be a quiet team. I think their biggest question mark is going to be, of course, Patrick Laine. But again, that's going to be addressed in the offseason. That's that's not a a trade deadline issue. And again, I think Max Domi is going to be a fairly uh, good rental for another team. And of course, Corpusalo as well. Uh, could also be dealt. You know, it, it's been evidently evidently clear that their goalie is more Mazlikins. Um, they they're giving a lot of they dished them out to a contract. So again, Corpusalo here going once every two weeks. I think that they could 
really dish them out here and get get a decent uh, return in the process. All right, we're skipping over the Dallas Stars. We're going to the Detroit Red Wings. We'll have our video on the Stars for everybody, as we mentioned with the Bruins. The Red Wings, here's where I know what they'll do. I think Stevie Y knows exactly what he's got with his Detroit Red Wings team right now. They're outside of the playoffs, looking not really looking in anymore. We see there's been the separation, kind of like with Anaheim. Now there's separation where I, they know they most likely will not make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But we're also talking about Steve Eiserman. So I really think it's a next question kind of answer. We saw last uh, last trade deadline, he traded Anthony Mantha and got a return of a first-rounder and Jacob Verana. Jacob Verana has been nothing but great in Detroit. I think when they start becoming competitive, his name will become a lot more relevant in the league. But Stevie Y, next question for me. Stevie, what's your thoughts on them? Yeah, I think th- I think the Red Wings are in a really interesting position. Uh, I can see them both being buyers and sellers, most likely. I think they'll be sellers. But when I say buyers, it's obviously not for this year. They'll most likely miss the playoffs this year, but I'm thinking more of the long term. Now, obviously, they do have a couple players here. I think Nick Letty is a strong option to be moved. He, I think he has enough um, fuel in the tank to be uh, a serviceable defenseman for a playoff contender. He has got he's got good mobility and puck transporting skills. They're all there, so I think he's fairly a fairly good rental for a lot of these teams that need defensive help. Also, I think Mark Stahl could be another could could another could be another trade option. He's a defensive defenseman, so I I think any teams that really need to solidify on defense, I think he'd be a good rental as well. Those are pieces you need to win the Stanley Cup too. We like you mentioned a Luke Shen, a Mark Stahl. <clears throat> Those are players you need. Uh, we already mentioned a Josh Manson way earlier. So the next team we got up is the Edmonton Oilers. These two teams played last night, but the Edmonton Oilers, I think buyers. At first side, Rasmus Ristolainen as the piece, but then the Flyers signed him. So some defense. I think they need help defensively. They have some cap issues though, Steve-O. And they don't want to sacrifice high picks or prospects, as Ken Holland had mentioned earlier in some press conference meetings. I think the soap opera continues here because they need the help, but they don't ha- they don't want to surrender or sacrifice their future for the now. But I-, I think this is a team stuck in limbo. They don't. It's almost like they were blessed with Connor McDavid and and Leon Draisaitl, and now they don't know what to do with them. Yeah, I or build around them. I hundred percent agree with you. I think that if they don't go out and get some help, they're just going to be stuck in this this limbo phase where they're not going to make any growth or improvement. I think they've been pretty vocal that they need a defenseman. Ristolainen would have been perfect, but the Flyers locked him up. And the Oilers have been really vocal about this. They really need a right-shot defenseman. Now, I think one option they could go with here, they don't have a lot of cap space to work with, but I think a, a cheap rental could be P.K. Subban. I think, if, I think he would fit very nicely into this defense. And I also think that their goaltending is a big question as well. But like we mentioned in some of our episodes, this might be an off-season issue to address. Are they going to go out and get a goalie? I don't know, Chives. I I think they certainly do. Mike Smith, I think, is out out of the question. I don't think you're going anywhere with him. So, I mean... As we saw with Calgary in 2019 when they lost to a wild card avalanche team mike smith was the starting goaltender for the number one team in the western conference you know yeah. and they lost in the first round listen i don't think they're going forward out of goaltender but listen there's a lot of goaltenders out there alexander gorgiev the new york rangers i think would fit perfectly here but i don't think like you just said the oilers are gonna go out and spend and with forwards i think they're done you know evander kane pretty much uh, added the depth that they needed to and their offense is kind of clicking but again their offense is gonna be isn't gonna be a net when it comes to the playoffs 
Yeah, we saw in that sweep when they were swept by the Jets last uh, last playoff uh, what happened there. Their offense was there. Wasn't there uh, the entire time, but it was at least producing and their defense struggled a little bit. Goaltending was the biggest issue. So same issues for the Oilers. We talked about it way earlier in the season. Problems are still prevalent. The Florida Panthers. Steve-O. Akin to the abs. I say it's an all in this year. They're going to want to supplement. You know, you eat a nice breakfast and you want your vitamins, right? They need to supplement uh, some small doses for their contender status. But I would say they're buyers. I couldn't tell you specifically for what, though, because I really do think they're well rounded in, in their forward group, their defensive group, and their goaltending. I 100% agree with you. I would lean them to, uh, uh, closer to buyers. But I would put them on the same level as Carolina. I don't think I, I would see them making a move. It would be a very, very small move. Maybe on the third or, third or fourth line. Uh, maybe down the third tier defensive just to boost uh, some of the bottom feeders uh, on this team. But I really think that the Florida set, I really don't think they need to go out and make a move. I, I think they just stay put. I think what they really need to do is just mentally prep when they have to play a team like Tampa or a team like that. Um, the big thing with Florida, though, is the more they win or lose, they would either have to play the Leafs or the Capitals. And right now, you're going to want to take your pick if you have to play one of those teams. The next team up that we're going to be talking about is the Los Angeles Kings. Steve, what's your take on LA? Yeah, I mean, at the halfway point, we really, really put the Kings in a really good spot, you know. But listen, I don't see the Kings as cup contenders this year. Um, and I don't, you know, if you if you know you're going to be a cup contender, you go out, you get those pieces. For me, I don't. There's no reason a team like the Kings should be giving away valuable pieces to bring in uh, f- uh, for a season like this. I think that they have a, a good core of young players. They're definitely uh, on the rise, and I think the Kings should look for down more of a cheaper route uh, this trade deadline when when looking to acquire reinforcements f- uh, for their squad. I mean, they could potentially trade away, you know, less important young players, trying try and get in some more picks. They could get a little bit more younger here. They do need scoring. They need power play help. Someone like a Phil Kessel could help that. But again, I think he's too big of a fish here. I, there's no point in, in uh, acquiring him for this season. I also do think that the Kings need defensive help as well. They have Drew Doughty, uh, but, you know, aside from him... They do have a lot of, you know, inexperience. They have, they do have a lot of, they're missing some depth. And I, they are missing, all around missing some pieces all across the board that would put them at, up there as a playoff contending team. So for me, this is not really their deadline. The LA Kings are second in the Pacific Division. And they are four points ahead of the Oilers. And they're further at, further ahead than the Golden Knights in that. So they will be most likely be in the playoffs, which is a surprise. But I agree. I don't see they're, they're that fringe team on this deadline. They're a very successful team this season, but I think on the deadline, they're, they're going to play, uh, the, play the fine line. Why, why trade if you're Rob Blake? He's already fairly conservative. Right, He's stated right trade, right price, essentially, to the media. And rightfully so, with how the Kings are developing. He has so many great players developing under veteran players like Phil Deneau, who they brought in in the offseason, and Jonathan Quick, who has had a bounce back in goal this season. So I think they're right on track. They're, uh, I wouldn't say overachieving, but they're doing very well this season, and they are in, are in a playoff position, let's call it how we see it. Uh, I don't see the Kings doing much at the deadline, though. Like you said, maybe some 
depth signings. I feel, I feel Kessel would complement some of the younger players well. Uh, especially add some scoring help and maybe some def defensive help would be nice. Yeah, there's no doubt they're going to be in the playoffs, but I don't think they will make it that far. I mean, it's all up to it's all up to what they want to do. You know, they're going to go as far as they play. I also think that when you go when you get deeper into the playoffs, I think their goaltending it'll be interesting to see if their goaltending can hold up this strong. I'm not sure what Jonathan Quick could give you. I'm not sure what Cal Peterson will give you. So we'll see. The next team is the Minnesota Wild. Steve-O, what are your thoughts? We talk about this team a lot this season. We have, and they were one of my teams to look out here uh, moving into the second half. Uh, and they have struggled. Let's not, let's not get, uh, let's get that out of the way. They have struggled as of late. They no sugarcoat for Steve-O. There's no sugarcoating, and they haven't, they haven't played up to what, what I thought they would up to this point. Now, I do think they, they do need some goal, they do need a goaltending upgrade. Uh, I don't think that will be addressed at the trade deadline. I think that's more of an off-season upgrade. But honestly, I think they're going to stay put. I don't think they're going to go out. They have struggled recently, but I think they're, they're looking out for the playoffs here. And I think it's time to play playoff hockey here in Minnesota, but I don't think they're going to go out and make a move here. Minnesota, a wild turn of events. Uh, they dropped 10 of their last 14, so suddenly they could use more grit at the wing, a center, a physical defenseman, and if they could swing a goalie, a goalie. Quite the Christmas list. I think it's almost hard to believe that this has happened, that they went from a team that was pretty solid. I didn't think they were going to make many moves at the deadline to, you know, just two weeks ago, and now they come into this month and they're struggling, but Bill Guyron will use his first rounder or futures as assets since the young team is blossoming. It's hard to believe he would do that. I can't see he, he sacrifices any of the young guys. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, for, for, so they're in a little bit of a tough spot. I, yeah, I also think it comes down to, play, uh, to player performance. I think, they ha I think they have a lot of strong pieces there. When, when they're on, they could look like one, one of the best teams in the league. And we've seen this on many different occasions at, at different points of the season. Yes, they can use a, a little depth, but I, I think we saw this. They made a few moves. To, to boost their third and fourth lines. So I don't think they're going to get a big fish, and I think they will stay put at this point. Yeah, a modest cost, but they need to definitely check some boxes. This is a bump on the journey to silver, definitely. So uh, there's definitely some questions some, you know, around the label contender. Uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the season so far was Stanley Cup contender in the same respect. Uh, just a tier below a team like Florida, and now that was put into question. But as you mentioned, the Tyson Jokes for... Uh, Nico Sturm trade definitely checks the box of grit and more physical it does. Uh, forwards, a grittier forward. At a cheap cost, too. Yeah, so that, that as we mentioned, modest cost. So Minnesota's already well on their way with figuring out what they need to do prior to the deadline, if they do anything at the deadline with that move. Uh, we'll be skipping over the Montreal Canadiens since we are hoping we have something special for that. The Nashville Predators, what do you think they do? Listen, I think that right now the Predators are in a really good position. They don't really have that many glaring needs, but I do think what they do need help on, and they do need help on the penalty kill. They need help on the penalty kill. They need help. They need some more defensive depth. Uh, two players that I really think, if the if the Predators could solidify some more defensive help, I really think they would be solid. I think I've talked about Justin Hall before on the Toronto Maple Leafs. On the episodes, I think he would fit really nicely into this defense here. And I also think that Calvin DeHaan of the Blackhawks, I just mentioned that he's a player that could be shipped by the Blackhawks. I think he would fit really nicely in, in, into Nashville. He's all around a solid defenseman. 
Yeah, I think the real question is Philip Forsberg. Does he stay or does he go? I think that really makes or breaks the team. He is their franchise leader in points uh, in their entire history. So I think I can't see them changing too much up with their roster. Like you're saying, I think those players that we mentioned, like uh, Mark Stahl, like uh, you brought up Justin Hall, those are the types of players that could solidify their defense. Um, and I really think that would be it. I think their offense is good enough. Sometimes you just have to get into the playoffs. Their goaltending is great. So I don't see them making too many moves here at the deadline. The next team we have up is the New Jersey Devils. They're like a Detroit Red Wings where you can see their prospects are developing ahead of the deadline, but they're not in a playoff position. They're far from a playoff position. So what do they do? Yeah, this is another team. Great example from the, to the Detroit Red Wings where they could be buyers and sellers. Buyers, again, in the long term, I think this was a great season for the Devils. They had a lot of young players step up and, and really, you know, show their capability. Again, they're they're lacking a few pieces, goaltending. But again, this is all an issue for later down the line, off season. Um, if they are going to be sell sellers, I think two players specifically. I mentioned P.K. Subban. I do think that they, they, they can look to move him. They, I think the devil's moving forward here. I think they do want to get rid of some cap, uh, cap space approaching free agency in the offseason. So again, P.K. Subban does have a big cap hit. So moving him, I mean, there's no there's no value, I think, in keeping P.K. Subban at this point. I don't think he adds anything into their long-term plans. And I think Pavel Zaka is another player. Uh, he has great size. He's a great shot. I think he's another player that I don't really think is going to fit into their long-term plans. They could look to move him to get to get some uh, capital in uh, moving into the offseason and next season. I think that would help them out. Yeah, I think they'll try and add around the core they've built. There's pieces to complement uh, the, the core pieces like Dougie Hamilton. Now they have Jack Hughes, uh, Jesper Bratt. So I think they'll try and add maybe some pieces to surround them. But other than that, I can't see them doing much, uh, nothing major they need. I think they do need to solidify the man in the crease, and there are some options at the trade deadline. So they could swing something at the deadline, or they'll swing something in the offseason. But that's where the Devils are at. Yeah, and that's more of an offseason thing that to address free agency, you know, developing their prospects as well. Again, there's no need, absolutely no need to spend and get rid of uh, your your picks or any uh, or any player. Uh, players to go out and get a player right now. There's no need for it. Islanders, what is your take on the New York Islanders? Interesting, because there's a lot of rumors going around for the Islanders as well that they're going to be buyers during this trade deadline. I don't think that's true whatsoever. I think they're going to stay put. I think this is more, again, of an off-season uh, um, uh, problem to address. They do need defensemen. I, I think they could use defense. Uh, Def on defensemen. I also think that they're lacking scoring chives. If you've been following the Islanders over the last decade, you know this is a need for this team. As soon as Tavares left town, the only lock that they have is, is Barzell. So this team needs scoring. They're out of the play. Uh, they're a long shot for the playoffs at this point. So I don't think they're gonna go out and get that scoring. But I mean, moving forward. In, into free agency in the offseason, they really need they really need a scoring. Yeah, next season it is. I think they won't do much at the deadline. Lou Lamarello has confidence in this group. If you've listened to what he stated to the media over the last few weeks, he has confidence in this group in the long term. So the only players I could see them selling at the deadline would be Scott Mayfield and Varlamov because I think they have enough value to sell that other teams would want these players for 
uh, a goaltender. We've talked about how team, teams need goaltenders and depth, a depth defenseman in Scott Mayfield, but not for much of a return. So I don't know what they would do. Uh, I don't think there's, I, I can't see them buying a top scoring winger uh, at the deadline or center. So um, I think they're going to try and do everything they can in the off season. Me too. I am 100% with you. I think this, I mean, this is not an off season preview, but they might make some noise in the off season. Yeah, the other team in New York will be doing a video for. So the next team up is the Ottawa Senators. What do you think Ottawa does? Well, I think Ottawa uh, is is in a very unique position. I think they're one of its kind in the league right now. I think, quite frankly, they got to stay put. They're a young team. They're on the rise. They're not training any of the big assets away because two, three years maybe uh, down the line, maybe even sooner, they're going to be very, very deadly. I mean, if they could acquire another first-round pick, I think that would be awesome. They need to make room for young players, but I think they need to stay put. This is not their trade deadline. I think they could fetch something for Nick Paul and Anton Forsberg. So, otherwise, I, I think it's fairly quiet. They, they've really built a core. We've seen the prospects that they drafted. Late-round picks like Drake Batherson, Josh Norris is having himself a season. Brady Kachuk having himself a season. They have some good pieces and a core. Similar to the Devils, they aren't as successful as the Devils have been this season with some of their injuries and issues they've had. But I think that a player like Nick Paul is a player that a team like Tampa might target. Those are those character depth guys that are gritty, hardworking veterans. And I think he's shown that he's a hardworking forward that you could plug into any fourth line. Forsberg is a goaltending option. I don't see him being a starting goaltender for a playoff team, though. So Yeah, me with, too. With that, any other thoughts on Ottawa? No, listen, I, like I said, you know, if they could find a way, maybe with some of those guys that you mentioned, if they could get a first-round pick, I mean, I think they would be set. Um, again, I, I, if they could maybe clear some of the dead weight off their team, make room for more of these young players, let's give them an opportunity the last, last uh, month of the season to play. Um, but I think overall they're in a pretty good position right now. Again, this is not, not their season, but they're definitely, from the play that we've seen this, uh, this season, they're on the rise. Philadelphia Flyers, there's one name that comes to mind. Am I right? Of course. Who is it? <laughs> Claude Giroux. Best player on the market if he waives his no-movement clause. Also expect their pending UFAs to be moved, such as Derek Broussard, Justin Braun, and Martin Jones. So they have a lot of pieces they could sell, which they desperately need to. Yeah, I think... Everything is on the table here for the Flyers. I mean, I mean, this is sellers if I've ever seen sellers before. Uh, obviously, Claude Drew, I talked about him. The Flyers, I think they have to get rid of him. There's no point in keeping him. I mean, listen, he could always re-sign uh, in the offseason if he wants to stay with the Flyers. But I think the Flyers should allow him to go. Let him chase the Stanley Cup. I think he deserves it. And listen, the Flyers could get a good return for him. And... And hopefully, if you're the Flyers, you can maybe get him back in the offseason if you want to if you want to get reunited. Again, you mentioned some other good names in there. Derek Broussard as well. He could be a cheap deal for a team that's tight on cap space. He could play up and down the lineup as needed. I think he's a good option. James Van Riemsdyk is another option. Uh, I think if they could get him, it will be a burden off, off their chest. And again, Flyers have said this before. Anything's on the table. They could get, they could clear and clear space and get rid of anybody. The next team is their rival, the Pittsburgh Penguins. All right, we talked about this before, just before we recorded, because it's quite interesting. So, Sid and Malkin, this could be one of their last 
really good chances of winning another cup do you buy with what assets so you don't you certainly don't sell with the uh, success this team has found but I say not much activity they're succeeding with this group and don't have any futures to hold on to and we'll need those futures we're talking first round picks prospects when Sid and Malkin and Latang eventually hanging them up which could be in the next few years you want picks in the system now that could come in and quickly relieve the team from the pains of rebuilding so do they make a move and if they do will they it, and they if they make a move they'll have to go far right if they make that sacrifice i think the expectation is that they go far with the you better win type of mentality from the fan base are so are we going to hear that are we going to see them make a move i don't think so i don't think so either i think they got to make move they got to they have to address they have malkin latang rust these are all priorities for them coming up in the offseason. And they're going to have to go all in on these players because if they lose any one of those three, this is going to be, a, there'll be big losses and there'll be nothing like this This Penguins team, also Rodriguez as well. So they have a lot of pieces uh, to address. So I don't think they will go and, and, and go out and, and get a piece. Maybe they might deal uh, somebody down on that third line just, just to dump. Just to clear some cap space, maybe get a, uh, a depth defenseman on a cheap rental uh, in order to make space for Malkin and Latang uh, in the offseason. But I think the Penguins are a team that's pretty, uh, pretty much set. They don't really have a glaring need. The next team is the San Jose Sharks. <clears throat> There's one name that comes to mind with the Sharks. They're going to sell, and it's most likely going to be Tomas Hurdle. Other than that, they're pretty much a team in limbo, and many of their assets don't have enough trade value to get something in return that they need, like a first-round pick like a Tomas Hurdle. Do you think he goes? This is very interesting because I'm, I'm not very sold on him going. You know, I mean, the Sharks are very much in there. They're in the middle of the pack. I mean, contracts like Brent Burns and, and Logan Couture have, let's be honest, they have aged very poorly up to this point. But I think Hurdle is different. I think the Sharks are in a really a weird position here. They're in limbo. I think they're trying to avoid a rebuild. I really think that they're, they, they don't, it's very obvious that they don't want to go into a three, fours, uh, three or four years wor uh, worth of rebuilding. But I think it's, they're walking the very tight line here. If they they could go for a rebuild, they cannot go for a rebuild. I think they'd have a very deep prospect pool, uh, pool of players, but they also have many aging players as well on long term contracts, which I don't think that helps. So I think these decisions here at the trade deadline will broadly impact what happens to this roster five years from now. Um, but with Hurdle, I'm not sure he's such a big player for the Sharks. If I'm the Sharks. I think I would I would keep him in hopes for a contract ex extension towards the end of the year because he's just such a big player. I, I, I think it's clear, like I just mentioned again, Sharks don't want to rebuild. So the best way of not rebuilding is, is locking Hurdle in the offseason to guarantee that, that he's going to be leading your, your franchise in hopes of, of, of not having to go through a full rebuild so if I'm the Sharks, I mean, this is really a very debatable option here. I'm not sure they trade him, Chives. Yeah, I'm not sure if they trade him either. I think he could go fetch, and he it would be awesome to see if he moves to a playoff team. That would make things very exciting. But I don't think they're able to rebuild with, as you mentioned, and Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, Vlasic locking up three positions on defense. Contracts he won't be able to move at the deadline. 
uh, or really the offseason. So I think they're forced to have to kind of rebuild on the fly as opposed to do a full teardown. But Steve-O, any last thoughts? Yeah, I'm seeing a, a similar comparison to a few years ago of Chris Kreider on the Rangers. Everyone wanted Chris Kreider gone, and and and, and they thought the Rangers get a lot of uh, um, you know capital in for him. But I think that Hurdle's in the same position uh, as Kreider. You look at Kreider, the Rangers obviously resigned Kreider. Look at Kreider who's been for the Rangers this season. I mean, without Kreider, the Rangers would be nowhere at this point. So I kind of see Hurdle in the same position as Kreider where two years down the line, he would be a big piece if the Sharks were to be a contending team. And he's such a big asset to this team. Uh, obviously, been face of this, this team for the last few years. So I found the Sharks... I. I, th- I can see them going both ways with this, but I'd keep them. Seattle Kraken's the next team, the new franchise, but they're different than Vegas was in their first season. I think Ron Francis, their general manager, will sell to build a long-term team at the deadline. I think he's got players he can sell, and I think he's willing to sell them. You get a car, <laughs> you get a car, and you get, uh, in return, <laughs> one of the highest picks in the draft. So I think what they're going to try and do is maybe push to see how high up they can get in the draft by selling a few of their uh, nicer vehicles in the lot. I think they're going to trade some of their horses so that they uh, they just compete until the end of the season and their draft stock goes up. You know, if they could get one of the top picks in this draft, they'll be set in the long term. Yeah, I don't know if it's just me, but I, I find the Kraken in a really interesting position here in this trade deadline. This is the defining moment in their franchise history up to this point because... No, this is not a playoff push, but their defining moment is this trade deadline. Here, I think a lot, a lot of like what's going to happen in their future is going to is going to be made here at this trade deadline. I think they got to build and they have to get pieces for their future. This roster needs to be revamped. They need to get draft picks, and it's clear that they also need to clear some cap space here. And I think you know this is a tough task. They're obviously they're obviously going to be. They're obviously going to be sellers here, and I think it all starts with Mark Giordano on defense. I think last season, uh, uh, this last season, you know, has been a nice introduction um, to, to the franchise. But again, he's 38 years old, and he's obviously has no long-term plans whatsoever with the Kraken. So moving on from him now, you can get a good return. He's got a big cap a cap hit as well. So I think you got to let him walk. I, I mean, at the end of this year, he's going to be nothing. And he'll, he'll be attractive to a contending <laughs> team. You know, he can chip in offensively. He's solid defensively. He's a great leader in the dressing room. So, again, the Kraken could easily get a first-round pick for him or some prospects. The next team is the St. Louis Blues. Now, in advance, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Capitals are coming up. We will be making videos on those two teams, so we won't be covering them. We're going to go straight through from there. St. Louis Blues. I think they need a splash for a top pairing defenseman. We've discussed this before. They need some help on defense, but a big name defenseman. So I think they they were in the running for a Chikrin. They could be in the running for a Klingberg. Uh, and they also need to solidify their fourth line. It lacks identity. So I think they need some sandpaper and an identity player uh, like we've seen. Tampa pick up in the past, which we'll, we'll get to them in a minute, but we've seen other teams pick up a fourth-line player to solidify that fourth line. We've seen teams succeed in the postseason when they have a fourth line with identity and, of course, a top-pairing D-man. Steve, what's your thoughts on St. Louis? Yeah, I think this is a team that needs some help, definitely on the defensive side. We, we addressed the fan question on the last episode that addressed this, 
But definitely, you know, they have a good, solid top pairing. They have Tory Krug and Justin Falk. They've been dominant this season. But below that, they pretty much are lacking. They're, they're striking out, so I'm with you. They need they 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 need a um, a name, uh, a big defensive name, like you just mentioned. Chikrin, listen, he's gonna be out for the next four weeks. I'm not sure if he would help here. Um, maybe a Sharat would help. Maybe that would. Yeah, that's a name I think that, that I would think be the best. Help. That would be the best fit for the uh, for the Blues. But there's no doubt they definitely need defensive help. Look, they uh, for me they're one of the teams that that are gonna be. In uh, gonna be in the top running for a defenseman, they almost need a defenseman. And of course, they could use uh, um, some depth uh, in their uh, in their offense. Uh, that won't hurt as well. And they've had they made a few splashes in the off season, so I think their offense in terms of their top six is good. But from there on, they could use some help uh, below the third line. So with that, we're moving on to. <clears throat> The Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, they were the cup winner the last two seasons. Do they add anything? I think Callie Yarncroke and Andrew Kopp would be great replacements for Yanni Gordon, Barkley Goodrow in terms of their playoff successes. We've seen those are two key players on the third line. And I think Kopp and Yarncroke are cheap and those types of players to replace. And, of course, I think if they could get Claude Giroux to move his no-movement clause, they would be the other team I could see Giroux going to. Yeah, I agree with that. Listen, the Lightning are thriving, like always. Uh, they're playing a tough decision. They're gonna have to go. They're gonna have to cross uh, pass for Florida this year at some point, and they're facing a, a, a wide um, range of injuries all season long. Now, listen, I think this trade deadline. I think they should go for something else more specifically. I think they should get more draft picks in particular. I think when you look at their cupboard, it's beginning to thin. It's beginning to empty down for Tampa. Who has really, you know, maintained success, and they've acquired a lot of players, but they've burned through a lot of draft picks. Uh, so I think if they, I'm not talking about big picks here, Chavs. I think if they could get some more mid to late round picks in the fold, I think this would once again pan out to be to really help uh, the Lightning franchise as a whole. Obviously, not giving up big name players, of course. Um, if, but I think if they could get some draft picks out, uh, maybe pair that. With their other need, I think if they could get another depth defenseman, I think that would really help them out as well. I think that that this would be the perfect transaction for Tampa because I think defenseman is really all they need uh, <clears throat> in their lineup. So that would really help them out. All right, and one of the last teams we'll be doing is the Vancouver Canucks. <clears throat> the next two teams will be the Vegas Golden Knights and Winnipeg Jets to finish this off. But Vancouver, JT, and Besser where do they go? They've been rumored a lot. I think they probably won't go at the deadline, the way Vancouver's playing. Three points out from Vegas and a wild card spot for the postseason. I never thought they'd climb all the way back. They're still a little bit in limbo, though. So I think this week will still dictate kind of what they do the next few games. I would say Tyler Mott is the top candidate if they're going to trade someone because he's like a gritty forward that also has a great and depth uh, scoring touch to him and his play. So it remains to be seen how this team performs. I think the next week or so will kind of decide. Everything up to the deadline is going to decide, yeah. I think. I also, it, it doesn't help Chives that the uh, the Canucks are so hot right now. All of their players are going off. I mean, you take a look at Connor uh, Garland. I mean, he's been incredible. One of the best players in the league these last this last uh, week or so. Um, but I mean, they got. I think they got to stay put. I mean, they really have to. I mean, I like this Vancouver team. They turn things around fast. 
Um, uh, JT Miller almost. He's he, he for me. He's got to stay. I've said this on all the episodes. They got to keep these pieces. I mean, for me, I would almost put them as buyers. Everyone's labeling them as sellers, but I would put them as as buyers here. I think they really need. They picked up their play tremendously here, and I think that if they could really solidify and add that one more piece to give them more depth, this Vancouver team is on fire. And if they are sellers, they are just. In my in my opinion, they're just folding and handing the cards in. I mean, it would be so disappointing after the turnaround that they they went through. So I think they gotta keep the JT Miller, and I think they gotta keep all these pieces because they're hot as it comes right now. Yeah, they're only two points out, one point out from the second wild card spot in the West. Minnesota locking up the first with seventy two points. Vegas with sixty eight. Yeah, so. but like I said, Minnesota's not playing well recently, and yeah. the Knights too. They're not playing great as well as they're the next team we're going to be talking about. So uh, if Canucks, they're they're in there as just a, just about as anybody right now. So they got to stay put. <clears throat> That's right, and I I can see where you're coming from. I think I'm a little more undecided on this team and its future. But right now, looking at the fact that they're one point out from Vegas, who's on a lost five streak in their last few games, what does Vegas do? I think these are trying times. Maybe the first in their entire history as a franchise have we seen Vegas in a position where. They have all these players. They're on a lose five streak coming in, and do they make the playoffs? Do they just look till next season? I think they could trade a smaller contract like uh, Matthias Janmark to make some cap before the summer and call it. I think if the injuries return sooner than expected, they could be in the market for a goaltender and make another run. But we'll see. I mean, they're on a lose five streak. They're still in the playoff mix. I think if the troubles continue, uh, they're going to have to either pull the trigger or see what they're going to do in the offseason. Yeah, listen... I would, I could give you a list of, of of needs that the Knights need, and this is obviously no doubt they're all in on winning the Stanley Cup this year. However, they're in no mood to make a, a trade whatsoever because their cap cap flexibility is one of the worst in the league, if not the worst in the league. Yeah, they can't even touch their toes right now. Listen, they went out, they got their guy in Jack Eichel. You got Pacioretty. They they signed Alex Petrangelo. Their cap is really bad, so I really don't think that they're going to make any move. If they do make a move, they got to make a move to free up more cap flexibility because this is going to be a problem after the season as well. And also, you'll have to take a look at Ma- uh, Mark Stone right now. He's on the IR, so when he comes back, there's just no cap at all whatsoever. I do agree with you with the goaltending, though. I do think they need more consistent goaltending. Uh, if they want to win the cup, I'm not sure that their goaltending is going to help. But anything, if anything, maybe some cheap deaf players. Really, really cheap. Uh, cheap as they come. <laughs> but right now, Knights are in no position to make a move. Now the Jets are only two points out from the second wild card. When I started prepping my notes, that was a f- last week, a week and a half ago for this episode. So... I did have some questions surrounding this team, but knowing they're only two points out from that second wild card in a thick race between Vegas, Dallas, Vancouver, and Winnipeg themselves, what do you think they do at the deadline? Yeah, I think this this is really interesting because they they're one of these teams, just like just like the Wild, they're just like the Canucks, they're in the middle of the pack. They're the same boat as some of these other teams, and I think they really need to look internally. And solve some of these some of these other questions. They have a lot of pending free agent forwards that they need that they need to address themselves. Um, so I think if they address those, I think they will be set. 
alongside adding some some obviously some depth, um, I think they could they could go a little bit. They need a little more scoring. They need help. They, I think they do need help uh, on the penalty kill, and of course they can't go wrong with defense. Um, but I do think most of their decisions are going to come internally with the players that they have that are going to be free agents. And I like your take on that. I think they're a team that it's not the same as Pittsburgh, but I think they'll look and say uh, if they're going to add something, it'll probably be somewhere along the line of what Dallas did, which we'll talk about in the video, um, with Joe Pavelski doing some in-house securing in-house players, making sure everyone's set and locked and loaded to go on this playoff push and run. And sometimes all you have to do is get in. And I think that's what most of these Western Conference wildcard teams are looking to do. Just get in and then see where you could go from there. Um, especially with the way teams like Vegas and the Jets, I mean, at least the Jets' top six are built. I think they're teams that can make noise. It's definitely Vegas, but I think the Jets could uh, with the offense they have. So I don't really see them doing too much. I don't believe their defense is very capable of being a cup contender, but I think they, if they make the playoffs, you could see where they go uh, for sure. And with that, that is the last team we'll be covering today, Steve-O, on this podcast episode. Wow, we just pounded that out just like that. How great was that? I, can, I mean, at 52 minutes here, but <laughs> we definitely were able to fit in everyone's team. Now, this is in alphabetical order, so if you want to go back and listen to your team's take, this is all in alphabetical order. We have Six teams that we did not cover uh, that there will be videos on and potentially a special on in the Rangers, Capitals, Bruins, Maple Leafs, Stars, and Montreal Canadiens. So those are the teams that we didn't cover that we'll, we will have content for uh, a little more in-depth. And every other team is in this episode. So be sure to follow our Instagram, PuckTalkCS, our Twitter, PuckTalkCS. If you're listening on our site, give us a follow on Spotify and Apple Music. Our username's there. Same thing. Uh, we came out with a Fantasy Wire episode and a fast cast this week on news around the NHL. That's our new uh, news segment and episode. So that'll split up from the main discussions on our feature episodes. Uh, Steve-O, take it away. Wow, child, this is a great episode. I mean, we we got all of that in. I think feel like we covered everything. And we're ready to go for this trade deadline. So again, like Chive said, let us know. And always remember, it's just the luck of the puck.